This is the MG Car Club podcast with Wayne Scott and Adam Sloman. On this week's episode, Rob Huff, victorious in China, as we hear from him after the Macau Grand Prix. Plus, we talk to one of the younger members of the MG Car Club at the very start of his life with MGs. The MG Car Club podcast. Hello, welcome to another MG Car Club podcast. Wayne Scott with you once again, and Adam Sloman from the comfort of his own house. How is the comfort of your own house there, Adam? Yeah, it's all right, mate. It's nice. a nice, bright, sunny day here in the here in the Cotswolds. Very a little good. bit crisp, a bit fresh. Uh, but hopefully, you know, with um, the easing of restrictions coming uh, fairly soon, uh, hopefully this might be, again, I've said this before, I've got deja vu, the last time that I have to record the podcast from home. Well, yeah, hopefully, because we have been locked down for what seems like longer than the first time to me. But of course, it hasn't been because this one's only been four weeks. But I think it's because it's the lead up to Christmas. And I don't know, we kind of got used to freedom before. And it just feels like a bit more restrictive this time around, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a funny one because, you know, we we did get used to being back at Kimber House and the team all being back together and... And yeah, you know, we had um, our event in October, the the 90th anniversary MG Car Club Social, and things were just starting to feel a little bit more like normal. And then, obviously, you know, the government took the decisions they've taken, and it's obviously different in, in different parts of the UK and, and obviously around the world. Um, but suddenly we were thrown back into lockdown and, and just trying to keep everyone safe and everyone healthy. Well, of course, after we come out of lockdown, Adam, it's down into the tiers again, for England at least. I know Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland have their own uh, different regulations. Actually, Northern Ireland are going into lockdown as we come out of it, um, here in the UK at least. But um, the tiers are going to be varied for various different regions across the country. It's pretty clear, therefore, that our club meets are just not going to be able to happen, certainly before Christmas and probably for quite a couple of months after Christmas as well. Yeah, I think we'll see quite a bit of run over into the new year. But hopefully with the news of, you know, three different vaccines on the horizon, um, globally we can get some sort of vaccination programme in place and we can get back to, to life as we knew it. Have we got the MG Car Club syringes all made up and ready to go for that yet? <laughs> I'm sure they'll be on idea. the shop soon. <laughs> I'm sure it's something, if, if there's any option for uh, for an MG branded syringe, I'm sure Inica <laughs> will be considering it. <laughs> well, it is interesting to see how some of the events are trying to second guess, I suppose, what the restrictions into the new year are going to uh, put onto them. And we had news this week that the London Classic Car Show is going to move outdoors and has shifted its date from February to the April of next year, 2021, um, in order just really to run a, a show that's socially distanced and that they can put all of the COVID-19 safety measures into. Of course, they held that at Olympia last year or earlier this year, and uh, it was quite cramped, even in times where we weren't thinking about COVID so much as we are now. And XL before that was a very busy show, so I can understand why they've had to take it outdoors and into April. Um, and in on the continent, in Europe, we're also seeing similar moves from people like Salon Retromobile. It's the largest classic car show in France, and also uh, Retro Classic Stuttgart and the Classic Essen show are all looking to go outdoors and at different times in the year. So 
it's certainly something that all of those sort of winter indoor shows are all adapting to but it does beg the question adam how on earth we're going to find enough weekends for all this stuff because clearly the calendar is being condensed not only with those shows that would normally happen in the first few months of the year now being pushed into april may and outdoors but also we've got all the postponed events from this year to rerun next year haven't we all of those anniversary one-offs and stuff yeah it's going to be a really hectic really packed year um it's going to be interesting to see just how we manage to squeeze it all in and all i can think about are the uh are the guys and girls at um classic car weekly and classic car buyer um because they're going to be properly busy aren't they yeah yes all those event reports they've got to churn out um, <laughs> i mean they've done well to fill those newspapers and magazines with no events to report on in fairness to them of course we spoke to david simister the editor of classic car weekly just a few episodes ago here on the mg car club podcast back on episode 32 and we also spoke to danny hopkins on episode 30 just a few weeks ago uh, from practical classics magazine who are celebrating their 40th anniversary in 2020 and good to hear from those magazines good to hear from those leaders from the classic car world but also a realization adam that this is episode 34 of the MG Car Club podcast. We've been doing this for 34 <laughs> weeks. Can you believe that? It's crazy, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it sort of long before lockdown became a thing. And then the first lockdown really sort of gave us the impetus to try and reach out, not only to MG Car Club members, but to the MG community as a whole. Um, and, you know, a lot of people said, when we started you know how are you going to keep it going what are you going to find to talk about um but just as with the weeklies you know even without our events program with so much sort of stripped away that we're used to there's still so much going on in the classic car community as a whole i think we've shown over the last 34 weeks that there really is no shortage of things to talk about and, and long may it continue absolutely and this podcast is brilliant it is fantastic and I'm going to say that with full pride of what we've achieved and what we've put out there. And really, it's nothing to do with what you and I have done, Adam, although we have worked hard on it, of course. It's been fantastic because of you, you, the members listening in and you, the members who have come on to the podcast to share your stories of your lives with MG. That is what has made this podcast so successful and so great to be a part of over the past 34 weeks. It's been all about the amazing stories, the people we've met along the way and the fantastic MG family that we've opened up really over the last few weeks, hasn't it? And funnily enough, I actually laid down a challenge to some of our friends in Australia Um I write a, a monthly column for Wheelspin, the MG Car Club of Victoria, their monthly magazine, because um, there's an awful lot of MG fans down in Australia, my, my sister and my brother-in-law included, if they're listening. Um, but uh, I laid down a challenge in Wheelspin to get some of those guys to come and, and share their stories with us because, you know, we've heard from friends in America, we've heard from friends in Europe. We've heard from a lot of different people, but we've not heard from anyone from Australia. So, um, so yeah, so the challenge is there. If you're uh, in Australia and you've got a cool story, then we would love to have you on as a guest. You can share with us some of your best stories and tales. And really, it's an extension of what we're missing out on, isn't it, Adam? Those natters at the centres across the world would normally hold where we all get together and share our love of MGs and share our stories and adventures with classic cars. We haven't been able to do that in person. So instead, this podcast has become the conduit for it. Yeah, we like you say, it's it's the chat. 
you miss. It's seeing your mates, it's having a bit of a laugh, it's the weird and wonderful stories that happen around the cars that we all love and the people that love those cars. So yeah, so to have this podcast, you know, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I've loved listening. I always listen back. I listen to it on my commute to Kimber House. Um, and I've loved hearing the interviewees because I don't get to hear the interviews until um, until the show goes live. So to hear them um, sort of as a member of the audience is brilliant. Absolutely. And uh, I, I mean, I miss the chat. I miss seeing people in person. But more than anything, I miss real ale. That's what I miss. <laughs> it's just not the same out of bottles and tins, you know. It's just tastes different from the pub. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I mean, I'm a cider man myself. You know, you can take the boy out of the West Country, but you can't take the West Country out of the boy. Talking of events again, we have had an announcement of some events to look forward to in 2021. And that is the announcement of the full calendar of races for the MG Car Club Race Series for 2021 season. It all starts in Silverstone on the 20th of March, moving on the 24th, 25th of April to Brands Hatch, the Indy circuit there. Alton Park follows on the 22nd of May, and it's the Grand Prix circuit. The Biggin at Silverstone, the 12th and 13th of June, before Donington Park, 17th to the 18th of July, 2021 and ending the season at Snetterton with the Snetterton 300 on the 4th and 5th of September. So hopefully we'll have the ability to have spectators at some of the MG Car Club races in the next season. We haven't done so in 2020 because of the MSA restrictions. Fingers crossed that we're allowed out to go and watch our guys and girls racing in the 2021 season. But one date that did jump out at me there adam and we must just clarify this Mm. was the 12th and 13th of june at silverstone using the grand prix circuit now firstly i must mention that we are one of the very few race series and clubs that are able to use the full length circuit at silverstone that's because of our long traditions of running races at the circuit over 70 years worth of tradition there but also that tradition also goes hand in hand with mg live usually running on the same weekend but we must must make it very clear mustn't we adam that we don't have any confirmed dates for mg live as yet no we've we've got the race calendar in place um but at the moment you know we're not in a position to be able to confirm whether or not the social side of mg live um can happen on that weekend you know we don't even know if we can go ahead and run um a social event yet um but as anyone who's familiar with motorsport will know you need to get your calendar set as much as possible so that you can start getting um competitors ready you can start getting guests ready you know because we have people that race in other series other championships you know we need to put a full program together um and that necessitated setting a date with silverstone for a race meeting um so at the moment uh yes there is a race meeting at silverstone in june um but that doesn't necessarily mean that mg live is going to go ahead we are hoping um and to be honest with you, praying after two years of cancellations beyond our control that we can get back to running MG Live next year. But at the moment, we just don't know. So the message from us would be that if you're planning to visit uh, MG Live or you're hoping to visit MG Live as a, as a spectator for the social side of things, um, please hold fire on booking hotels and things like that. Because as I say at the moment, we just don't know if the traditional social event will even be allowed to go ahead uh on that weekend so so please hold fire for now ultimately it comes down to 
the decision as to whether a Silverstone can host us with the facilities they've got there and also mm. whether we're able to put on with the restrictions in place the sort of event that our members would come to expect from us the sort of event that they need and the sort of event that we want to deliver and if that's not possible we need to have other discussions about how we get around it but those are the items that are just for people's information are, are just needing to be ironed out I guess before we can go ahead and announce full dates like you say it's important that we deliver deliver an event that the members deserve um, more than anything Um, you know and I've had emails from people and messages from people saying well you know we'll all be vaccinated by next summer so everything will be back to normal won't it I you know that's that's a big that's a big bet that's a big bet and I admire anyone who's who's confident enough to go ahead and start um, confirming big social gatherings um, sitting here today uh, you know, we've already said, OK, we've got these three vaccines coming, but we just don't know what shape the world will look in in two months, let alone six or seven months. So we desperately want MG Live to happen in some form or another in 2021. Um, but until we get some sort of concrete confirmation, we're asking everyone just to please be patient with us and just to sit tight for a little while longer. Absolutely. There's plenty of time, still seven months away yet, so plenty of time to get all the things ironed out, things confirmed. And, of course, a message to those people who had booked for 2020, uh, whose money, ticket money, we're still holding for you. That money is going to go towards MG Live in 2021, whatever dates and whatever venue that might be. As we've said, we hope it will be Silverstone on those dates to coincide with the race championship. We just don't know at the moment. Be patient, hold fire, don't go book in your hotels. But those people that we have already got tickets for, those that are pre-booked for this year, that will apply to whatever MG Live's form is for 2021. And if not, there is a complete refund guarantee, isn't there? Exactly. You know, if the event for any reason can't go ahead, you know, you every member... Um, has the opportunity to get a refund so um, so yeah do sit tight do bear with us and we're doing everything we can excellent stuff well it's good to see our old pal rob huff of course uh, ex-btcc driver and also world champion in 2012 for the world touring car championship he was out at the macau grand prix in china last weekend uh, to great success actually they managed to pick up team of the year and also the 2020 model award for the year as well and great to see the mgx power brand out there on race circuits once again here's what rob huff had to say here with MG and it's something very exciting for for myself if I can uh, bring some of it back to life here in uh, Macau this weekend it's uh, something very special and, and exciting for me. I'm very lucky very privileged this year to be able to to arrive here uh, and of course yeah we come here with, with nine victories with more than anyone in the, the history of Macau it's going to be very difficult uh, with the qualification, with the practice, with the racing this weekend. But we do our best, we try our best, and uh, yeah, of course, we, we hope to try and win again. Well, great to hear from Rob there, Adam, isn't it? And good to see him out in an MG and back in touring cars again. I must add, by the way, before we continue to talk about this, that was not us who added in that mental music in the background of that interview. <laughs> that is as supplied uh, by the TCR China press office. But uh, all the same, good to hear from Rob. Good to see an MG at the front of grids again. Rob's a lovely guy. Um, he's 
sort of cut his teeth in motorsport with our BCV8 championship. So he's still a member of the MG Car Club and his sort of links to, to MG run pretty deep. Um, I actually got to work with Rob a couple of years ago. We did an event in, in Nanjing, the one that Paul Lutie and I went to. Um, and Rob joined us there as well and was just beloved by uh, Chinese motorsport fans. And uh, yeah, he's uh, doing really well for himself. It seems that every corner of the world he goes and competes in, he seems to do really well. Well, that's right. I mean, he's driving alongside a native driver, Zhang Zendong, whose name is brilliant, by the way. Hello, Zhang, if you're listening. Uh, And he just seems actually looking at the interviews and some of the races that I've seen, he looks very at home out there, very comfortable behind the wheel of that MG6. Yeah, it's um, it's a really seems to be a really well developed um, bit of kit. I know a lot of fans over on this side of the world would love to see the MG6 back in the British Touring Car Championships. And who knows, if it proves itself, maybe a privateer team might take a look at it. And um, yeah, we could see a, an MG6 back in the Touring Cars. Interesting move, I think, for MG in China to be supporting a race team like that with that car um as you say hopefully it bodes well for the future and bodes well for some more sporting um design work and some more sporting experimentation for the brand going forward because that's what they're really lacking at the moment isn't it yeah it's it's always been a part of mg's um, dna really so to have sort of a fallow period where MG isn't involved in, in some sort of, of top flight motorsport um, is a bit disappointing. I know that there are a fair number of fairly vocal um, MG fans um, in the in the car club community that are desperate to see MG back in some form of motorsport, be it rallying, be it touring cars. Um, you know, it would be great to see X-Power um Back in back in UK motorsport, you know it, it's doing very well overseas, um, but um, to to have it missing from from our championships, um, you know and things like the touring cars, um, is a shame. You know it'd be great to see maybe you know the next generation MG3 become a, a WRC car or a JWRC car or even just competing on British rallies. I know that some guys are building um, MG3s using uh, K-series engines for use in, in rallying. I've seen that in, in recent issues of Motorsport News. Uh, wouldn't it be great if we could carry on the, the legacy of, of the ZR, um, not only as a race car, but also as a rally car? Well, of course, just bringing it back to club territory, it'd be great to see some of these cars competing in the club championship over here in the UK one day as well, because if you take a look on the news pages of mgcc.co.uk at the moment, and also on our Facebook page, where we've been putting up pictures from last weekend's race on the Macau Grand Prix, it's a stunning looking car, actually, in race livery. And I'd buy one looking like that. It looks fantastic. Yeah, it's a real beast. I mean, I've had the privilege of being at the Shanghai Grand Prix circuit and seeing the car um, in the metal. And yeah, it really does look stunning. Um, but yeah, talking about club racing, you know, the, we did a tremendous amount of work with the MG Technical Centre, the SMTC Centre at Longbridge before it closed to bring the MG3 to club racing. Um, and okay, the MG3 isn't the fastest car in the world, um, but if you had a grid of, say, 12 or 15 of them um, out, on, out on track in their own competition, it would be great fun. You know, look at the, the rise of the City Cup with... Um, 
things like the Citroen C1 and the Peugeot 107, the Toyota Igo, those those trio little cars that aren't the fastest thing on four wheels, but when you get enough of them together, you can have some really, really good competitive motor racing. So let's hope that in the future we can we can work a bit more closely with MG UK and with MG generally to get the current generation of, of MG, whatever they may be, um, competing with the car club. Because up until recently, we've always had that current crop of cars join us on the circuit it's only in the last couple of years that you know through no fault of our own the club has become a a historic um championship so um so yeah let's hope we can we can reverse that trend absolutely well they're doing well these cars rob huff uh, who as adam says previously competed in the mg car club motorsport series took his 10th win at macau last weekend in the second race his teammate zan zendong uh, climbed from eighth place on the grid to take third place overall in that second round. So great results for the MGX Power team and uh, taking away that team and model trophy for 2020. More things to come from them in 2021, we understand. So keep up to date with it here on the MG Car Club podcast. Now, it's a future generations we talk now because, as we mentioned before, we like to talk to our members about their own stories of how they got into MG, their lives with MG, and how their MGs have uh, really affected, well, the way they live their lives and the experiences they have. Some of our members have been, well, should we say, veteran MG owners, and some, like our next guest, are just at the very beginning of their MG journey as we talk to a young lad using an MG every day. Josh Langstaff will meet him next. The MG Car Club Podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of friendship. To take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centres and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go. UK, sharing your passion for MG on the MG Car Club podcast. Well, on this week's MG Car Club podcast, we head north to the wilds of East Yorkshire and one of our younger members in the MG Car Club, uh, Josh Langstaff. Hiya, Josh. Hiya, Wayne. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you on the podcast at last because I know you're, well, you're one of our regular listeners, aren't you? Yeah, well, I try to listen every week on the way back from work. Let's just start from where a young, early 20-something Josh Langstaff gets into MGs from. How did it all start? To be honest, when the majority of people would say that it's actually, like most MG fanatics, it comes from a parent or something like that. I would like to say that, as my dad did own a uh, 78 MG BGT, um, my fast vehicle 80T, I think was the number plate if anybody's out there listening has it now because uh, it's still on the road but it it wasn't that actually it's quite a strange set of circumstances how i've come to like mgs and the british motor industry in general uh, originally i was a massive ford fan and still am and what happened was i had a ford car and i had a crash in it about three years ago and within a week i had no car had no way of getting to work and i needed something so i bought a rover 25 for I think it was 140 pounds in the middle of york and i had that for a few months and a friend of our local sort of constituency in the area had seen me driving about and he said hey i've got an mg zr you know the same sort of car you can have it if you want wow <laughs> and it just 
Wow, so you were actually gifted an MGZR. It had been sat in a barn for two years. So this just kind of shows you the condition that it was in. So I got it. It was covered in moss. You couldn't see any of the stickers. It was a limited edition Atomics version. So there wasn't many left anyway. I took it straight to the MOT centre, got it put through, fixed a few bits on it. Still on the original tyres from years ago that were cracked. And about, I think it was two weeks after I got it put through the MOT, I took it all the way to Pride of Longbridge. And that's when I really got into it all and found out how much passion there is for the brand and sort of went from there, really. Is it a car that you started to sort of customise? How did you end up discovering the MG Car Club from the point of being given a car? What happened with the ZR was after I'd done it all up, I had it for, it must have been about four months. And being a car that had been sat for two years, I did know that the K-Series was quite a reliable unit and not to push it, and I didn't push it like most 21-year-olds do. But what happened was uh, about four months after I had it, the head gasket went and it had more holes in the size of it than a pair of 1970s chrome sunglasses. So um, I ended up going to the great scrap heap in the sky. But from there, I went and got the MG3. And that's when I eventually said to myself, do you know what? This, this car's reliable. I can keep on to it. I really want to make, you know, get involved with the club with it. And that's how I got into the MG Car Club from there. Do you think getting introduced via the more modern MGs, and especially the MG3, has opened, I always kind of refer to it as a gateway drug, but has it opened up the world of the older MGs? To be honest, I would say I was, it was the opposite. I was more aware of the classics than I was the more modern stuff. But at the same time, I was getting used to everything MG at once. So I'd actually known about the MG3 since before my crash um i did look at getting one on finance but i never went round to it in the end was i think it was just a case of i'd known about the car club for a while so i went and joined and then it just opened everything up so i learned about the vintage mgs more definitely uh, i knew about the b like everybody does but uh, at the 80s stuff but the vintage mgs was where i was really not clued up on them you became involved with the young members register of the mg car club as well so tell us about some of the things you've experienced since you've found the club and what you've been involved with since you joined well to be honest wayne i haven't done many events because being in yorkshire and being a 21 year old i think a lot of my time's been spent trying to sort out my career recently but as it's gone on i have got much more involved with the car club so um, I think I must have been in the club for maybe a couple of months and I got in touch with uh, Colin, who's my centre manager. I went along to a committee evening and from there, it just kind of escalated. I ended up joining the committee and the majority of the stuff I've done with the car club, even though I haven't done many natters, is actually committee evenings. <laughs> Um, but the, the best thing that I've actually done really is doing things like the social that we had last month, which was brilliant. Absolutely loved that. Well, it was a fantastic day for everyone, really, given the circumstances we've had in 2020. But it was good to see you there and also lots of sort of chums of yours of a similar age. Do you think MGs are starting to gain momentum and get noticed by younger people who are looking for something a little bit more, a little different, a little bit more retro, perhaps? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, especially with the, let's say, the MG Rover cars and even the MG3s and the MG6s, a lot of people are starting to realise, like you've just said, it is a lot different to what you can find on the road. Um, I recently did a video, literally, that's just been put on YouTube yesterday for a friend of mine. Uh, We were just talking about cars for journalism and stuff, and he said, 
it's funny because the MG3 is one of those sort of modern cars that does seem a bit retro because of at least the earlier ones. They're quite simple cars and easy to work on. And I think that maybe attracts people as well. It's, you know, they're really nice cars to be introduced to for a case of mechanics, but also just for a fun drive. You are trying to turn your passion for cars into a job, aren't you, Josh? And you and I have spoken about this in the past. You write for Drive Tribe for a start, and you are at that point where you're trying to get your name out there as a, as a budding motoring writer, aren't you? Yeah, I would say writer. Journalist maybe pushes it at the moment, because I'd say you'd need a qualification <laughs> for journalist. But uh, yes, no, I do writing as a content creator on the website called drive tribe which is run uh, well partly owned by richard hammond james may and jeremy clarkson and then more recently i've started doing videos on youtube and just bits and bobs really i just try to get myself out there and do as much as i can because it's enjoyable at the end of the day and now you're on the mg car club podcast what more do you need right, exactly hi to my career <laughs> <laughs> what's the game plan for you josh where would you like to see yourself in say five years time well it's it's funny you ask that Wayne, because currently my career my actual day job i'm a, a sales in a jeweler's so it's quite weird to think you know I could either be in five years still in sales as a jeweller or what I'd quite like to do is possibly, you know, living up in Hull in the North. Um, it's quite, the motor industry, as much as the passion for it around is around here, there isn't really much in the way of journalism as such, or at least in my personal opinion. So I'd quite like to actually move to somewhere like Coventry or just somewhere around where our spiritual home for MG is. And really just try and make a push for it i just want to see how it goes and flow with it and just really keep pushing as it goes along well i suppose the motor industry is based all over the world now and we are all increasingly working remotely as a result of covid and i expect that to continue into the future so i do you know i can't really see the fact that you're in east yorkshire ever really holding you back because certainly i've had a a decent career um in my life so far not living in the heart of Coventry or anything like that. As you're doing, get yourself out there and I think working remotely is going to be the future anyway, surely. I do think everybody will be working remotely and I don't think East Yorkshire's holding me back at all. I do think it's quite popular around here. I think more out of, it would be quite nice to move to somewhere different, somewhere where a lot of my car friends are also, you know, people who are like yourself and uh, uh, Adam and just the young members in general are all closer down down in the Midlands and whatnot. So it'd be quite nice to maybe think of doing that. But uh, if not, then East Yorkshire's still brilliant. We've got some great driving roads around here, so that's the one big plus. <laughs> well, it's great to have someone uh, of younger years on the podcast to have a chat with. And looking at your sort of MG career into the future, if money was no object, Josh, what MG would you like to have one day? I mean, everybody says... MGB. Um, I'd quite, I'd quite like to have a rubber bumper MGB GT, just because my dad had one and I quite like them. But I don't want to be, not a bit of a sheep, but I, I'd, I'd quite like to have something different. So I think if money was no object, probably an MG Maestro Turbo. Wow! I absolutely, them. I absolutely adore the 1980s MGs. I think they're brilliant. You're a cheap date, Josh. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting isn't it because your answer to that is it sort of confirms what we talk about a lot within the mg car club and on this podcast that we do hanker after and, and aspire to different cars than perhaps the average mg car club member and owner might i mean i suppose i'm i'm a little bit different my car if money was no object 
well, it'd have to be one of the Works MGAs, one of the Le Mans MGAs, or even one of the Cream Cracker Trials cars from the 1930s. I think those two would be on my list. But, yeah, I think probably most of the people of my age and slightly younger would be in the era that you've just mentioned, that late 70s, 80s era. And that's a real shift, isn't it, in the members that we're seeing in the MG Car Club? It's funny you mention that because, you know, obviously, like you've just said, you know, like yourself, you hanker more towards the MGA and the vintage cars as such. But for, as the generations go on, so will the age of the cars will become younger and younger in terms of us at the moment. Uh, I was actually writing an article on Drive Tribe the other day called The Stigma of the SUV. And I was just thinking to myself while writing that, it is funny because when I become, you know, when I get to the age of 50 or 60 or whatever, there are going to be people out there who have MGZSs and MGZSEVs and MGGSs as quote-unquote classics, you know, it's it's going to be strange seeing that. But to us, they'll still be just ordinary cars, I think. Yeah, there'll be people who absolutely hanker after, love the what they'll probably be called the first-generation electric vehicles or something. How do you think that we get younger people to take more interest in those older cars? Because ultimately, if we don't they are going to struggle to find owners in the future. And the people who might be there to protect them and preserve them, keep that heritage alive, may be thin on the ground. What are your ideas there? Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, I think the only thing really at the moment for people who aren't interested in, let's say, really vintage cars or, you know, MGA era, 1950s, 1960s, is almost like grandparents sort of really handing them down. But... To get just people more interested, I think, obviously, the brand getting involved with its heritage, which MG does, helps. As with anything, it's, it's sort of, unless if you're someone who stands up for the crowd, it's more sort of having people who are into it as you are. So, let's just take, I've got a friend who's got an MGB GT, who has a friend who's got a VW Beetle and the Triumph TR6, and things like that. So it's, it's getting the era right, I think. So if more people had cars from the 50s and maybe the 30s and 40s, it makes people want those cars more, if you, if you sort of understand what I mean. And it's just trying to get that ball ro- rolling, I think. I think ultimately that comes back down to price, doesn't it? Because I think there's so many more people that would own a car from the 60s uh, and the 70s probably the 50s as well if they were if the cars that people aspired to are a little bit more affordable um there has been such a boom in the classic car world over the last 10 15 years really on the back of 2008's banking crash where interest rates disappeared pensions and savings do nothing in the bank and of course people put that money into cars and invested in them instead and that has driven this huge swelling of prices that we've seen over the last 10-15 years that has probably caused a problem in that it's taken the cars out of the reach of a lot of younger generations would you agree with that i i would definitely agree with that um i think more so the 70s and 80s and even early 90s era cars are the worst for it i've um as much as i've got my mg3 i've owned several we'll put it in terms of retro classics i've owned an, an old metro and a very early rover 200 and both of them were brilliant cars but it's trying to buy them now and the prices are just going through the roof whereas 
um, I tried to rebuy back a car that our family used to own, I think it was last year. And for £5,000, the chap who had it offered me, it was a 1938 standard Flying 8 and two other Flying 8s for five grand. And I should have bought it, but I just didn't have the money. It was, But I do agree with you. I think everything's just gone through the roof. And for me as well, that's what stopped me from getting a classic because I just don't have the money, much as many people my age don't. Wow. Uh, next time he calls you and offers you cars like that for five grand, can you actually just ring me and I'll go and buy them? <laughs> Uh, and I think that's it. You know, if someone offered me a, a f standard fly nine or something like that, I'd be jumping straight on it. Um, but yeah, it doesn't capture you in the same way, perhaps. And yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, your ambitions then with the car club, Josh, there are and we had Kieran on from Scenic Car Tours a little while ago. There are all sorts of activities, shows and experiences you can have with MGs within the club. What are the sort of things that you have an ambition to get involved with in the future? At the moment, I'm getting involved with Safety Fast magazine with Andy Knott. Uh, I'm doing a fair few things with him at the moment that are sort of behind closed doors as such because either I've not done them yet because of COVID and whatnot. But um, just mainly events, I haven't yet to experience MG Live, which is something I've wanted to experience since I've had my ZR three years ago or however long ago it was. And... Um, as well as that, maybe getting involved with the young members more because we have, we've all, as young members, I've talked with many of my friends in the MG Car Club at our age, and we all want to do more and, you know, just do road trips, maybe. I'm not speaking on behalf of the young members here, but I'm just throwing things out of a hat. But it'd be lovely to just do more as friends on that front. As well as that with the car club, I'd love to get involved going down to see Kimber House because I haven't had a chance to do that yet. There's... You know, how long's a piece of string? I'd love to just do everything if you can. Well, um, and there's yeah. plenty to do, Josh. And uh, of course, uh, you're welcome and uh, uh, and uh, always made welcome to come and do any of those things uh, within the MG Car Club. So, if you if an, if you're talking to another 21 year old listening to this podcast right now, who's perhaps a little unsure, firstly whether they should buy an MG, what MG they should buy, and also whether they should get involved with the MG Car Club or not, because maybe they're a bit uncertain as to whether it's their thing or not. What would your advice be, starting with the cars? Right, well, starting with the cars, I would say the best ones you could buy now are the MG Z cars. What with our Save the Z campaign and everything, but I was actually, uh, going back to being offered cars, I think it was last week I've just been offered an MG ZR 1.4 for £100. <laughs> which I am tempted to save. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, see, they are out there, aren't they? They are out there. They are out there, and they are probably one of the best MGs that you can buy. You know, you're saving heritage from, you know, what with the Longbridge plant sadly being demolished uh, earlier this year. Um, but as well as that, they are really great fun to drive. They're cheap. They're cheap to get parts for. They're great to restore. And they look good as well as that. You know, they look fantastic, the Z cars. And... Um, the insurance prices are going down on them. Just there's a long list of things that are positives on them. And people always, I think, focus on the bad things like reliability or rust. And I think you've just got to take that out of the equation because any car of that age has those problems. What about the club? What advice would you pass on to other young people who are sort of umming and ahhing about car club membership? I think a lot of people, especially our age, um, who think, oh, well, should I join a club? A lot of them think, 
oh, there's not going to be many 21-year-olds in, in there. And there, there is a lot more of us than what seems. I mean, we've got the young members registers uh, set up now. And as well as that, you know, even if it's not for the socialising, there's the support from the registers themselves, you know, from the 635 register, the Z register, even the B register, register just everything. There is all that support there. And that can lead to things as well. You know, it's just fantastic, fantastic opportunities with the club for you and your car and for socialising, you know, events and, you know, road runs, even trips abroad. It's fantastic. It's amazing, isn't it, how owning the same car as another group of people can open up so many opportunities and different twists in life. It's incredible, and that's what it's all about with the MG Car Club, and it's all about talking to people like you, Josh, of all different backgrounds and ages and uh, persuasions on what cars you enjoy out of the MG range, and it's been great talking to you. So uh, we hope to see you and your lovely MG3 at the next event as soon as we're all allowed out properly again. But uh, for now, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Anytime, Wayne. MG Podcast. Safety Fast, the magazine of the MG Car Club. Get your copy now by joining us at mgcc.co.uk. Well, Adam, great to hear that we've got such young enthusiasts very much a part of the MG Car Club scene. And uh, Josh is a perfect example of someone there who absolutely loves his MG3, loves the newer MGs, and as I said at the beginning of the interview, is just at the start of his own MG journey that hopefully will last a lifetime. Yeah, and uh, speaking just about Josh for a moment, you know, while it's great that he's into his MGs and that's that's great, what, what really makes him stand out is he's just a lovely bloke. You know, I had the chance to, to have a bit of a catch up with him at the MG Social back in October. And yeah, that's the thing. You know, we these people get brought into our lives because they love MG. Um, but when you get to meet them and they're actually really nice people, um, that just makes it, you know, that just makes the club what it is. So yeah, Josh is a, is a real sort of shining light for, for the young members branch and for the work he does with his, with his MG3. You know, he's not afraid to modify it. He's not afraid to have fun with it. Yeah. Brilliant. Really, really nice to hear from Josh. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Josh Langstaff. Hopefully we'll hear more from him and his burgeoning career in motoring journalism over the coming weeks, months and years here on the MG Car Club podcast. But now it's time to do some shopping because it is that time where we need to get our Christmas gifts sorted out. Everyone's talking about Christmas now because here we are heading speedily to the first week of december as we record this and i must just mention that first of all on the mg car club shop which you can access very easily from our website by clicking the shop button at mgcc.co.uk or just putting in shop.mgcc.co.uk into your browser and a whole world of gifty delights awaits you beyond because the gift sets have just been expanded we've got new baubles adam <laughs> oh yes nice so we talked about the mgtf bauble and chocolate gift set which is all very nice that was with the 1950s mgtf on it now we've got a 2000s mgtf that version uh, on a bauble and a nice chocolate spanner there going on in a nicely presented box. Not only that, we've only gone and added an MGA bauble and chocolate gift set, an MGB one, and a couple of others in the pipeline I hear. So 
lots to uh, get yourself in terms of gifts on the MG Car Club shop at the moment. They're quite cheap as well, only 12 quid, and they come in like a nice box all nicely presented perfect present for that mg person in your life if you want to push the bow out a little bit further if you're not fancying the baubles you can get the same gift set but with a pen and pencil with the mg car club logo on it and some uh, clotted cream shortbread melts in a nice little tin there printed with the mg factory it's all very nice stuff don't spend hours getting stressed and worried um just head over to the to the club shop Fill your basket, it'll be with you as quick as possible, and there you go, sorted. Just relax, enjoy Christmas. If you want something cosy, by the way, there's an MG beanie hat and a mug with an MGTD on it. Nice painting of an MGTD. That's in another of the gift sets. Uh, there's also a T-type mug and fudge, which is that same mug with fudge in it. Well, if you want something more cute and cuddly for Christmas, Adam, then we do have the Benji and Benji Racer Christmas Bundle. And I, I was confused about this one as well when I clicked on the button, but it all makes sense when you go and have a look at the listing. It's MG Benji, the little cuddly toys there, and they've put a double pack together for Christmas. There's MG Benji there in his uh, MG Car Club hoodie, and he's got his race overalls on as well. You get two together, which is basically like a five quid discount or something, so worth getting together. And they're a lovely little present for the grandkids, or maybe for yourself, just keep it quiet. But they are up there on the MG Car Club shop under the Christmas gift section, alongside, of course, our premiere 90th anniversary gift set, which is still available for sale. This is a beauty, this is. Not only does it come with an MG Car Club 90th anniversary bandana pin badge quality pen the windscreen sticker and the key fob but also those lovely 90th anniversary mg car club grill badges as well and you can order them with the big grill badge or the little grill badge for the newer mgs and that is an absolutely lovely present for someone in the mg car club in our 90th year 65 pounds which i know sounds a lot but when you look at what's in there and you tot it all up it's actually a huge saving and what a lovely thing to open at christmas that's an absolute dream for the mg enthusiast isn't it adam yeah definitely um just going back to the benjis when you said um so if you were looking for something cute and cuddly i thought you were you were selling me this christmas well i know but um, i'm holding on to you adam we're not letting it go <laughs> no one could pay me enough mate <laughs> but no the um the 90th anniversary gift set that is that is lovely um you know we've talked quite a bit over the year about all the different bits of merchandise we've done but it's only going to be available this year um so to get it as a set um yeah i think that's a lovely gift and and would be perfect for any anyone who's a who's a big fan of the car club and, and mg generally well take a look at them all they've redone the shop actually it was it's all looking very festive over there on the shop at the moment and if you click shop from mgcc.co.uk you'll see immediate links in the header of the homepage there to all of those christmas gifts there's a big blue box on the left hand side basically you click it and it opens up a special page where you can access christmas gifts very very easily and also for accessing stuff very easily is the buttons to go and find all the products that we've discussed here on the podcast there is a podcast products button at the bottom of the shop homepage. So if we've talked about it, it will be listed there right the way from the Scalextrix MGBs we talked about a few weeks ago through to the body warmers and, of course, the Hamilton Classics MG car covers for indoor and outdoor use as well. They're all on there. 
easy to find and easy to get what you need to stop all the stress and hassle of queuing up in the high street. You don't want any of that, and it's all rubbish anyway. Come and have a look at our shop, shop.mgcc.co.uk. Of course, links to all of the products that we've mentioned in this week's podcast will follow on our weekend e-newsletter as well. And we'll find you the merchandise you need to make Christmas less stressful, won't we, Adam? Yeah, we will. Absolutely. And as we re- <laughs> we record this, actually, and you did remind me of this earlier on, on Thanksgiving. So a happy Thanksgiving to all of those American listeners. And I know we've got lots of you over there in the States listening in every week to the MG Car Club podcast. We send our very best wishes for Thanksgiving and we hope you're all keeping safe and well yeah enjoying some uh, some turkey and some uh, football uh, today i think there's a there's a whole like wall-to-wall day of, of nfl so if you're into that sort of thing um i hope you're enjoying that i'm certainly thankful for uh, for everyone who listens to the podcast well from me wayne scott we're going to go and have some turkey as well i think now uh, we'll see you in next week's podcast see you later cheerio cheers guys Subscribe to receive new episodes of the MG Car Club podcast at mgpodcast.uk.